name is Tegan, and I get excited about robots. That might just be the new intro. (laughs) (laughs) Has the podcast started? I don't know. (laughs) You said you had an intro. Yeah, mine is that combat robotics is a very niche sport. Yeah, Um, I know this. But what are some of your other favourite niche sports? Oh, um... I mean, my new favourite niche sport is that Italian one we discovered. Uh, yeah, where they just fight for 50 minutes. Uh, what's it called, though? It's like... I can't pronounce it. No, neither can I. Hang on, we've we got to find out. Okay. Yeah, this Italian sport called... I've already forgotten how to uh, say it. Give it a crack. Calcio Storico? Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Arrivederci. (laughs) (laughs) Calcio Storico. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Describe it to me, please. It is uh, roughly 27 men aside, and they fist fight in the middle, and they put a ball in it so that they could call it a game. Yeah, it's like centuries old. Like, it's... A buck wild how old this is. And it just started off as, like, warring neighbourhoods. Oh, boy. Boy, howdy. Is and they're, like, strange. shirtless and they're all really buff, but they wear, like, these cool, like, renaissance-looking pants. Like, Don't ask us about the rules because it was the most confusing thing we've ever witnessed. Yeah, people were getting half points when the other team scored. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the only games probably with half points involved. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of feathered caps. Lots of feathered caps, lots of stripy, flamboyant pants. But if you want to watch a lot of really buff Italian dudes fistfight in a dirt field... For 50 minutes. (laughs) For 50 minutes, let me tell you, Calcio Storico is the sport for you. Yeah, nice. I think, what was the quote from King Henry VIII? I think he said it was, uh, too small to be a war and too cruel to be a game. Yeah. (laughs) Because it literally is just, like, as soon as the buzzer or whatever it is starts, it's just, men just square up. And that's from King Henry VIII, who was a cruel man himself. So, yeah, that's really saying something. Yeah. Uh, No, I enjoyed that sport. It was originally played on a bridge, and the Pope used to play. Can you imagine if the Pope still played this game? Oh, boy. (laughs) It was like, it was meant to be like the higher class people played this game. I just imagine the Pope, like, taking off his robes and just having full back tattoos, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, my favourite is, I think it's, is it Welsh? But the one where they have to, they have to run and jump onto a pole and climb up the pole as high as they can while leaping over a small creek. Yeah, not Welsh. I feel like it's more... uh, Is it Danish? Yeah, it's more in the Scandinavian region. We can, I think that covers us. Uh, neither of those countries are in the Scandinavian region, but that's Or is it fun. Swedish? Oh boy, we should really get our facts ready before <laughs> the show. Welcome to the only podcast with absolutely no script and minimal research. <laughs> bots, bots, bots. That's what you're listening to, by the way. Uh, yeah, this is Bots, Bots, Bots. We haven't spoken about robots yet. We're talking about other sports currently because after watching this recent episode of BattleBots, we did spend the next several hours looking up niche sports. Let me tell you, there's some buckwild sports out there. 
There's one in India where there's like a group of men and they all hold hands and it's like one guy has to get in past a certain line and touch another guy, yeah. but they can tackle him, but they have to hold their breath. It's like you've got you to gotta touch someone and then get away before they all capture you. Yeah. And if they capture you and hold you down, then you're out. Yeah. It was ve- that game, we had no concept of what the rules were and it was in Indian. Neither that, of us speak. That was great, though. It I, was- I, hang on. I want the name of all these. Okay, so that one's called Kabaddi, which yeah. I'm probably also pronouncing wrong. And what was the name of that pole vaulting across a river one? <laughs> okay, so the one, the pole vaulting in the, <laughs> yeah, which on. country is it from, sorry? You have to try this one. Well, it's from the West Frisian people. Which is? Of, uh, of the Dutch province, the uh, Dutch province of Friesland. Okay, so I was right with Dutch. Okay, I feel, I feel better about that. This one is called, oh boy, I don't know if you've ever seen Dutch words, but <laughs> they're not, they're not great. Um, all right, here we go. Who's my best, he's a crack. He's a crack from the dyslexic. It's all right. I'll, I'll back you up. <laughs> it's Fjelljapen? Fjelljapen? Yeah, I think you got close. It's like Fjelljapen. Fjelljapen? Fjelljapen. Yeah, but yep. that one is... With a lot more Dutch put on it. Yeah. Just imagine a Dutch person knows how to pronounce this and they're saying it. Yeah. If you need a break from combat robotics, look up Fjelljapen because <laughs> I think it just means like field jumping yeah it's literally it was just originally it was just men having to go across paddocks and they had big oh like no here it is so fear is far and japan is leaping oh far leaping so far leaping yeah but it's just gotten to a hectic sport instead of it just being old men across paddocks oh boy they go like 20 foot up a pole and, and like jump just, a whole river and then they just fall onto some sand and it looks brutal yeah i don't know how they possibly land that it's like what are your knees made of yeah and then we watched some lawnmower racing there was the indy 500 of the lawn mowing racing and they literally drove lawnmowers all night it's brutal like one of them caught fire it yeah it's one of them lost their lights completely throughout the night so they had to do a whole lap in the pitch black it's pretty cool i i do like how hard you can push a lawnmower that's that's closer to BattleBots. yeah we do need to come back to now okay sorry because i think we have to go to the pits tegan yeah we have to go to the pits can we get there on a lawnmower yeah we sure can (laughs) Hop on. Okay, nice and quick now because we only have one thing we need to fix. Well, this is lucky for you. This is a racing lawnmower. Okay, cool. Okay, so all we have to say is the last episode we accidentally called um, <laughs> Donald. Donald Hudson. <laughs> we accidentally called Donald Hudson David. I will say there is a thousand Davids in the sp- in the team in the sport of BattleBots. So that is all their faults, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh... We also, I feel like, we've got to do some work on our podcast 
not on our podcast, but we, while we're in the pits, we might as well cut up and re-weld our bracket because it seriously took some damage this week. Uh, particularly mine. Yours was not too bad, but mine was pretty rough. I mean, my whole pick for the finalist is down the drain. Yeah, so, well, on one side, but you know, we'll see how you go from re- the other one. Do some repairs there. <laughs> All right, what what fight? Let's get into these fights. We had first up, Mad Catter vs. Tombstone. Mad Catter vs. Tombstone, I was really excited and nervous for this match. And rightfully so, I feel. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're fighting Tombstone and Ray Billings is out for blood, which is always, it's going to be really hard. Having said that, you know, Mad Catter's wedge is performing great and it has taken on some powerful spinners in the past, such as Team Orby in King of Bots. Yeah, you're right. They, I was surprised at how well they were driving. I was shocked that they kind of didn't go more like weapon-to-weapon hits with Tombstone. They kept trying to get around Tombstone. I think that was their undoing in the end. I mean, maybe they were trying to go weapon-to-weapon by getting around, but yeah, Ray is the best at using those wheels as bait and just circling. And we saw a new bar on there, that AR-500 72-pound bar. Yeah, that black bar. Tombstone looks good in an all-black colour scheme. Yeah, I like the matching. It looks really good. We saw Tombstone power stance from Ray when he first got into the, like, before the button push, saw him get real, like, he, he... Seriously, I've never seen someone get so into this sport. He's a different man in the knockout round, like in the bracket, to the qualifying rounds. Yeah. It's, it's almost like he doesn't care about the qualifying rounds. No, he really just does not. He's <laughs> like, well, if I can get one win, they'll put me in because it's Tombstone. And, I mean, of course, it's yeah. Tombstone. It's great to watch him in his element. And, oh boy, is he in his element. Oh. Yeah, he seriously loves this sport. I liked at the beginning when he was talking about how he needs to start sucking a little less and turn up the kick ass a bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And having said that, I really love Martin Mason's spiels every time. Oh, boy. I'm going to miss him, honestly. I'm going to miss him. He needs to be on the writing team for Farouk. Oh, yeah, I agree. he would really bring something to that, I think. (laughs) Do you reckon he just comes up with them off the top of his head? I don't know. I think he sits down and pens them because they're all too great. I don't know. I don't feel like he does. Imagine if he did. Like, I don't know. It would take away the magic from me. It's 50-50. That <laughs> you can't come up with puns as good as we're serving tombstones off the top of your head. I don't know. I feel like he's just witty, you know? <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely got the wit. He's turned on all the time. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really going to miss seeing Mad Catter because Tombstone took this one all the way home. Mad Catter, they were having some drive issues after a couple of giant hits from Tombstone. Yeah, their their plan here was to use a slightly, well, a 36-pound disc, so a pretty heavy disc, and keep it running slower but keeping it going. But, yeah, it, it looked like Tombstone was able to put some real big hits into the wheels, which I'm surprised just... I'm surprised at how hardy Mad Catter is and how they took those wheel hits. Um, yeah, considering that even t- at the end there, when you thought they were down and out, they just started driving as slowly as possible <laughs> across mean, the battlefield. Yeah, it looked like one of those last hits from Tombstone sort of like evened out the damage. <laughs> yeah. And instead of going in circles, they just sort of took a, a slow crawl in a straight line, which I love sort of stopped the impending count out from happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. and. <laughs> 
<laughs> that seriously cracked me up when they were just slowly, like, slowly, nope. let's go away from Tombstone. We're still going. <laughs> <laughs> Refusing to give up. I love it. Yeah, this was a great match. Yeah, uh, how boy howdy how wrong I was. Yeah, I'm excited to see Tombstone continue on to the Sweet 16, though. You've got to believe sometimes. You've got to have the hope. But when you're facing Ray, I think he's going to be going, driving hard for the win oh, this yeah. season. Look, there's no bite force this year. He has no excuse. No, no excuses. And yeah, I, I really do think he's a top contender for the win. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next match. A quick match. Oh, very quick match. <laughs> uppercut versus hijinks. And boy, a lot of the crowd going for uppercut. Everyone has a boxing glove. How many boxing gloves did they bring? I have no idea. Like but a whole crate full. Even, um, even one team just had printed out pictures of a boxing glove. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uppercut fans now, and for good reason. They are a very scary robot. Yeah, and we saw this again, basically... <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just need to talk about hijinks coming out of that tunnel. Oh yeah, tell me. Some serious beach vibes coming with the beach ball into the crowd. I completely forgot. And a really good high five to which Jen just looked completely embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) She was just like, oh, okay. I love my team. Yeah. They're... Man, that man is so tall, and to see him in those little short shorts made my day. Oh, so good. What a <laughs> vibe, honestly. They brought their... Hijinks brought their shorter bar so they could spin up faster. And we also found out that the underneath edges of hijinks have sloped edges, so a vertical spinner such as Uppercut doesn't get such a good grip on them. Yeah, the Bot Whisperer Pete, again, dishing the real niche facts that I love to hear. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. Uppercut coming out with a yo-yo trick into a dab. That was pretty exciting for me. <sighs> I mean, what you can't expect less at this point. That's it's so the finals. True. Yeah. You've got to bring your A game on the walkouts <laughs> or you might get counted out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't good enough. Get <laughs> yeah. back in the tunnel. <laughs> Go back. Do it again. <laughs> I wonder if they really just mess up their yo-yo trick, whether they give them another shot. No way. That no is aired. <laughs> that is definitely aired. That is so put on TV. Yeah. The pressure has got to be on if you're going to bring yo-yo tricks. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, this match, though. We saw a slight hit to the back tail of hijinks, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure Upcut just went sort of clean through where they contacted there. But then it was just the one-two, sort of popped them up, and then the bigger hit. Yeah, it was definitely, as Kenny described it, like a little jab, a little left jab, and then coming up with that giant right uppercut, like, flying Sent them over the wall. It was interesting to see these hits in the slow-mo because it really drives home the point of how important weapon speed can be. Yeah. Even though you can have a big weapon which could be spinning massively fast, it's often never going to be spinning as fast as the smaller weapon. It just gives you a lot more chance, I think, for your bar, especially a horizontal against a vertical, to really take the upwards hit rather than deliver the hit of your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, 33 seconds this match took. Mm. 30. Not the shortest we've seen seconds. Uppercut do, I feel. No, but boy howdy. 
And also, why is everything always thrown at Kenny? Yeah, he is a bit of a magnet for, yeah. <laughs> for shrapnel. Like, honestly, um, Uppercut just completely punched hijinks out of the ring and at Kenny. Once again, it's always at Kenny. I think it's just Uppercut and Endgame's favourite corner, you know? They just like to come around the right and send it in at them. Yeah. Oh, when... Jen's face, though. I, yeah, I also remarked on Jen's face. It looked stunned, but I also liked that the driver was just all smiles. I know. <laughs> it's like, well... That's just how it goes. I really would like to see this fight go a lot longer. It was sad, you know, to be knocked out so quick because Hijinx is such an awesome robot. I know! Rookie year into the bracket of 32... I really wanted them to go the full three minutes, but, I mean, Uppercut's just so powerful. I, I Yeah, Uppercut... Easy to send someone out of the arena, but I think Hijinks would have kept running after that hit, and I reckon they had a couple more hits in them, maybe. Yeah, no, I totally agree. They seem like a really hardy bot, but this was their hardest match this year for sure, and what a team to get knocked out by. Yeah, that's if you're going to go, that's that's one of the ways you want to go. Exactly. It's just getting really yeeted. At least their bot isn't completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you, you can count for that. That's good. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is Slammo versus Black Dragon. It looked like Slammo won that first ground exchange. Oh, yes, yeah, Slammo at the beginning was. They definitely got under Black Dragon, but after Black Dragon got a good hit on the front of their wedge, it was all over. Yeah, also, you keep jumping straight to the fights. I'm excited. I need, I need to talk about the <laughs> fact that Slammo came out with the St. George Cross. The patron saint of England who defeated a dragon. This is true. I only know this because they talked about it on the show. And also <laughs> there is a football team in Sydney called St. George and they're all about defeating the dragons. Well, they were like... Aren't they the St. George's dragons? Yeah, the St. George's dragons. But I feel like the dragons was one team and St. George was another team. And then they combined to oh. be the St. George's dragons. Yeah, because that is confusing, them being the St. George's. It's like, are they going for the dragon? Do they not like the knight that defeated the dragon? They're like, no, nah, the dragon was the real hero. The dragon was the real hero. The story. And the Newcastle Knights will defend the this town forever. <laughs> yeah, boy. Anyway, so just completely off track there. If you want to get into some <laughs> local football knowledge, we've got it for you. Very. Well, I don't, but Tegan does. I, yes, I do. Um, and then Black Dragon, there's dragon wings on Manoduck now. <laughs> yeah, Manoduck with the little dragon wings. God, I love that mascot. Yeah, me too. Probably my favorite mascot of, it's hard to think of a better one in BattleBots. Well, some of have a gnome. Yeah. <laughs> That's not as good. <laughs> it's not as good. It doesn't do it for me. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah. Back to the actual match. Slamo's wedge is extremely low. And... Then it was extremely bent. Yes, because... In the middle. They did just kind of feed it to Black Dragon's weapon. This was, unfortunately for Slamo, Black Dragon really on their A-game driving. We have neglected to shut the window, which the is something that we usually do before the podcast, and now we have aeroplane noises, potentially. There is a cat sleeping in the window, so, yeah, so that I, is why. I, that, is, that is why. We, we're going to have some car noises, because... The house cat here, Tulip, is just too cute sleeping in the window right now, <laughs> and we will not disturb her. No, she, <laughs> she deserves to be there. <laughs> I will say, though, Black Dragon's weapon, like, it's not the most hectic weapon. Well, this was their dual-disc vertical spinner. 
Yeah, like, it's just not that impressive. Like, it wasn't giving me the most impressive hits on Slammo. It was kind of just, like, taking little little tiny bites. It's not the most powerful, but it, it goes the distance, which I think is what you need in a fight where you're relatively safe against a sort of suplexing control bot. Yeah. It's better to not burn out and continue to deliver little hits, and that's what won them this match. Yeah, unfortunately, Slammo was just not fast enough to be able to get the grapple in straight away. No, some textbook driving from the Black Dragon team, really attacking the sides, attacking the wheels perfectly. And the, my favorite part was I, I noticed, you know, their fire wasn't really going at the start, but oh, then yeah. they managed to light it up with the sparks. <laughs> yes, I was that's... like, that's how you want to light your flamethrower. Oh, I love it. Hey. That was glorious. And then they just cooked some of Slammo's. Robot oh, wheels. Is that some disrespect? I think so. Well, all I know is that old mate, what's his name? Do you remember? His uh, name? Craig Danby. Yeah, he was not stoked. No, he was not very stoked. The frustration. I he has come close so many times, and I guess it builds up sometimes. Yeah, but I just kind of I don't know that whole back off thing felt very aggressive. I feel like. When a robot is getting counted out, it's pretty common for a robot to kind of hover yeah. near you, even though you've put your controller down or whatever. Like, you never know. Yeah. I don't know. You just never know. So I feel like it's common for a robot to just hover. It's not like Black Dragon was attacking them. Yeah. I, I just personally, I was just like, whoa, that, that felt really... That was some hostile energy that yeah. we don't normally see teams direct at each other, so... I don't know. I'm sure he's aware of it. Yeah. I no. understand it's high stakes, and as a company robot, maybe he has quite a bit invested in it. Probably. So. Probably. <laughs> this was a great match. I love the early celebration from Black Dragon. Oh, they always do. They. <laughs> I love the celebrations from Black Dragon. I want to party with Black Dragon team so bad. Everyone knows you want to party with Black Dragon <laughs> team. It's not a secret. <laughs> Seriously, just look like they'd be so much fun. Yeah, they definitely would be. I I loved this match. I thought it was an awesome spectacle with the flamethrower, and I loved the wheel just smoking at the end. Yes, yeah. it, it was a great shot. Well done, Black Dragon. Yeah. Well done, Slamo. I hope to see you back. Honestly, Craig, you you're building some awesome robots. They're super hardy and they bring the suplex. Oh yeah, this was one of the best grappling robots we've seen. No doubt. No doubt. But this means that now it's Black Dragon versus Tombstone in the Sweet 16. Oh, okay. How do we feel about this? Well, I thought it was going to be Mad Catter versus Black Dragon. Well, I think the thing is that we're just going to see the same thing that happened to Mad Catter here. You know, Black Dragon doesn't have that wedge. They're going to have to... I can picture them circling, trying to go for that wheel hit, but you never want to be in that death spiral circle with Tombstone. Because yeah. eventually he's going to come around and give you the big hit. In saying that, though, Black Dragon does have five different attachments. I wonder if they have one specifically for Tombstone. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they bring to the table for the Tombstone fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see that one. I'm predicting a big wedge, I guess. You'd be stupid not to. No. <laughs> I love Tombstone. I love Black Dragon. I'm not really sure who I want to go for. I, I think I want to go for Black Dragon as the underdog. Yeah, right. But and who's going to win? Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to win. But, you know, it's kind of like a 
Mighty Ducks, Slither of Hope here for Black Dragon. Can they can they attack those wheels we'll without see. taking massive damage <laughs> themselves? We'll see, hey? It's possible. Let's move on to Ribot versus Beta. Oh, boy. Excellent Frogger reference from Farouk. Excellent British intro. Oh, I forgot about the British accent. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I want to see a full... Can we cast Farouk in a movie already? Yeah, what's going on? I feel like he's been in TV shows. I know that he's a voice in um, We Bear Bears, that okay. cartoon. I know he does a voice in that. I'm not aware. Uh, I watched that cartoon quite a lot, um, and I did... When I first hear it, I was like, I was like, is this... Am I hearing Farouk in a cartoon right now? <laughs> and then it was, and I was very excited. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs to be in a movie for sure. What kind of movie do you reckon Farouk should be in? Uh, like, I I don't know why. I picture him in sort of a... What era is it? Before, like, the American Revolution era, but, like, like sort of master and commander naval warfare. Whoa! I, I think it's the beard. I, it's like a seafaring beard. I just want to see him in one of those, like, tricorn... What are those tri hats? The pirate hats looking thing? Yeah, I don't know if they're pirate hats. I think they're, they're more the, the British... I have British done. style try. Are you going to put him on the side of the, the British? The hat, the, the Are you putting that... him in a red coat? Are you putting Farouk in a red coat right now? Yeah, I think he'd look great as an officer dressed up. You don't think that he's going to be one of the American revolutionaries who's like against the British occupation of America and they want to be an independent country? Oh yeah, like I'm I'm saying that era. If it's a American Revolution movie, so you want him in Hamilton, is what you're saying to yeah. me? <laughs> no, I'm saying I wanted him in the naval combat side of things. I think he'd look great in a British officer's outfit. But if we're talking American Revolution, of course he's going to be on the revolutionary side. It's going to be awesome. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah, let's put Farouk in Hamilton. I'm into it. Okay, no, cool. Okay. <laughs> All I, right. Okay, yeah. Robot fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, my first question is, why did Beta change their wedge to what they are now calling the mullet armor? The mullet armor. Yeah, I don't fully understand that. Business in the front, party in the back, I guess. Look, I can respect a mullet. I have a mullet. So... I'm all about it, but I did not understand why they changed their wedge. Yeah, I, I think they've lost previously to vertical spinners before with that wedge, so I guess they were looking to try something new. On the onset, it did look like it was absorbing some hits well, but I just saw it going the way it did, where as soon as Ribot was able to get a good pop-up and that wedge was going to be a little bit lifted from damage, then it was going to be ineffective. Yeah. Ribot is the speediest little frog. It is so speedy. We even saw that drive really just pushing Beta around the box. Dominant. Oh, yeah. They were seriously, from the beginning, they were in charge of this match. Yeah. Beta was able to get one good hit in. It looked like it sort of hit at the back of Ribot's weapon, which is probably not the best area. Could have disabled it, but didn't, unfortunately. Otherwise, Ribot able to dominate this match. Yeah, that one hammer hit in the bracket of 32 match, that's just disappointing. He held back too much in this fight, I think. Yeah. If they'd have fired it earlier, maybe they would have had more luck. Who knows? All I know is that they've got fear, whereas Ribot, no fear here. No fear. Yeah, they seriously just drove like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. But the right-hand man of... um. 
the captain. What's the captain's name? Of River or? Of Ribot, sorry, yeah. Yeah. The right-hand uh, man. The captain is David Jin. Yeah, so the right-hand man of David. That's David's everywhere, I'm telling you. This sport's swamped in David. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is, like, because he's got the diagnostic panel above his controller. Yeah. He's the shakiest, most tense human during these matches. And I understand why. It's very, I can he has a lot to think about. He's got so much to try and process. He's got to focus on the match, and then he has to suddenly look down and make sense of, like, eight <laughs> graphs. Well, not graphs, but, like... Different sections of numbers. Yeah, and... Oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> I could not... I cannot even begin to fathom that. Yeah, there was a shot of him, yeah, sort of struggling to have focus between the match that was going on that was hugely energetic and the numbers in front of him. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. No, you know, honestly. I saw him say to David, you know, you're good, man. Yeah, he, like, hit him on the shoulder and was like, you're good, it's good, like, keep going. Yeah, Ribot performed some huge hits. Once they had Beta up on those screws, you could see them lining up that hit, and I just had flashbacks to Axolotl. You knew yeah. it was going to be full send. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, it's all over when Beta gets down, and yeah, yeah they delivered a massive hit to that back section. Yeah, that, that mullet armor really was not that effective once it was up off the ground a little bit. It yeah. was just getting... They tore off one half of it. It was just... There was nothing for him. Look, they might be at an A grade, but that was an A-plus match. Yeah, absolutely. Warrior spirit, no fear. The frog's going all the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see, because now... It's Ribot versus Uppercut. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I... They certainly have the speed that they need. I think we'll see Uppercut do the sort of, on the defense, stay in the middle keep the weapon pointed, and that's going to be really hard for Ribot to get around. Yeah, both these teams are superb robots. Both of these teams have built something that's really exciting to watch, and it's going to be a matter of someone getting around to the bad side of the other. I feel like there's definitely some ego at stake being an MIT versus WPI teams. Yeah, two college teams. That's going to be hectic. They're going to they're gonna be in it to prove it. Yeah, I... Don't I don't know who to go for. Yeah. I think I'm going to go for Ribot, but I feel like Uppercut's probably got it because they're just so fierce. I, I can't see the frog taking more than two to three hits tops. And yeah, I'm going to be going for Ribot as well because... It's a frog. It's a frog. And... I, I love this team as well. They are a joy to watch. Yeah. I, I love Uppercut though. They're an incredible robot. And yeah, it's <laughs> oh boy, it's going to be good to watch this match. Let me just yeah. say that much. That's going to be fun. Also, just a little side note: we found out that Chris used to have a mullet. Oh, it was shaggy and sensational. He I hope it. there is photo evidence of this shaggy and sensational mullet. Yeah, if someone's I need to got see it, it somewhere, please, <laughs> please. All right, this next one was extremely difficult for me to rewatch, Tegan. Yeah, I do remember sitting next to you, and there was at one point you were like, I don't. I was like, I had to hold you, physically hold you during this match. During yes, this match. it was hard. It was devastating for me. I, you know, I can't believe that I actually forgot. I'm such a doofus. I forgot that we've already seen this match in a past season. Yeah. So huge versus Whiplash. It's already happened, and we just completely spaced. Yeah, I totally spaced. I really could have thought about this more critically, having known that. 
that Whiplash has these extra long forks that they put on, and of course they can reach huge. I just didn't think about it, but... You were blinded by love. Yeah, I was blinded by love. This is true. (laughs) You know, huge, their plan here, spin downwards, spin at a lowest top speed, have higher acceleration so that they could keep the weapon spinning because obviously Whiplash is going to want to tie them up. And I must say, Huge had great driving. Huge's driving was absolutely phenomenal, especially against someone like Whiplash. Yeah. Um, they, at the very beginning, they delivered some excellent hits onto Whiplash. It they, could have gone another way, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like there was so many times where they were so close to the belts of Whiplash, but just missed them by like fractions of an inch yeah i feel like if that weapon in some of those big exchanges hadn't hit the front section but it managed to somehow miss and deliver the real energy to the back section this could have totally gone another way absolutely but boy maddie can drive maddie can drive they were just super aggressive controlled the whole match i'm not surprised by that at all though because, of course. Of course. Of course. It's Matty Vasquez. Apparently, he's got a controller attached to him at all times. Now, I'm going to be a backseat strategist here, but I was thinking after watching this match a second time, what if Huge had brought a smaller bar well, that they, would spin even faster? They did bring a small... They used their shorter bar in this one. Yeah, I understand. But what if they thought, let's make it even smaller so that it gets caught up even less on the body and things, and we just attack the weapon that he's going to raise. I don't think that would have been good, because then I like I don't think that their weapon could break their weapon, you know? Yeah, it, it is one of the strongest part of the bots going in. I just think it might have got caught up less, but obviously you are foregoing attacking the main body of the robot, which is going to be the drive, which is Whiplash's strongest asset. So, yeah... Thinking about it now, I guess it's not a good idea, but it's an option I thought of. Hey, this is why you don't have a robot. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are many more reasons why I don't have a robot. (laughs) If you'd like to sponsor this podcast. (laughs) Um, Look, I'm the master strategist here. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) All right. I'll have to take your word for it. No, yeah, you're right. Uh... I like this match, though. It was hard to watch, but, boy, Huge Huge was doing some great driving. I love embracing the chaos at all times. Oh, yeah. He was using those wheels to keep Whiplash out, and it was good. And I love the fact that Huge even managed to be able to get away from Whiplash. Like, not every bot has that ability to be able to just drive away from Matty Vasquez. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, it's, it's always Huge being able to drive over the top of the other robot and escape, which is a huge asset to them. Yeah, but this one could physically stop them. Maddie able to deliver some hits to the body of Huge, which is something that not a lot of other robots can say they've done. Yeah, although we did see this one. Huge still had those burn marks from that crack and fight. <laughs> yeah, of course you would leave them. It's <laughs> awesome. I know. I was like, oh, that's actually a really good vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's badass. It's yeah. like battle-worn Huge. <laughs> yeah. 
got some scorch marks on him. Oh, poor Leggy, though. Yeah, poor Leggy. Leggy really took it, this match. Yeah, they were very bent. Very bent over, and the wheels took some brutal hits this match as well. Oh, yeah. Whiplash doing some great work with their weapon here. Yeah. Yeah, this one, in the end, it went the full three minutes. Yeah, Which was exciting. But, yeah, in the end, went to Whiplash, and full credit to them, major control super aggressive the whole way through i love the end of this match you know both teams displaying amazing sportsmanship you love to see it absolutely they're both amazing teams i'm excited to see huge again next season but whiplash carries on to the sweet 16 they will huge will be back bigger bigger than better than ever (laughs) we'll see (laughs) i don't know how you get much bigger let's move on spike all right where are we headed? We're heading over to the Valkyrie and Sub-Zero fight. Oh boy, this was a good one. This was a great one. Let's start off by talking about Valkyrie's team pose when they came out of the tunnel. Oh, very nice. Super anime, super anime. <laughs> yeah, Valkyrie is an anime team for sure. Oh, uh, it was seriously, I was, I remember watching it being like, oh my god, this is beautiful. <laughs> Look yeah. at them cook. Choreography. Yeah, that's good. I love that. More teams need to do this, please. So we heard Leanne Cushing had done her homework on this one, looking up on the Facebook pages of Sub-Zero and (laughs) sussing out how the robot's put together, which I'm sure every single team does. I mean, if if the information's there, use it. Yeah, you're definitely going to look into it. No no question. You want to know where those gas tanks are, (laughs) how thick the armor is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's up to the teams whether they want to post about it for the fans, because obviously the fans really want to know about how the robot's constructed, but... I mean, that's what AMAs are there for, exactly. Like, everyone's got questions. Everyone wants to know. Yeah. It's it's just, like, how much do you want to keep secret from the other teams? Yeah. You know? And you'd assume a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would assume a bunch, but I guess if you're confident in your robot, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I... This match was... Quite entertaining, mainly because we got to see Valkyrie do what Valkyrie's been doing so well this season. I'm honestly so impressed by this robot every single time they enter the field. Oh, it's so cool. They have an absolute signature move now, which is just like come up on a 45 degree angle on their gyro forces. Oh, yeah. And like send sparks across the floor everywhere. It's so beautiful. We actually saw a little... My favourite bit of this whole match was, I mean, despite the amazing hits, was when Valkyrie sort of did a a little swirly circle. Oh, yeah, when it was just like on its weapon, kind of like... A, like a spinning top on its weapon. Yeah, like a coin. Yeah, when you yeah, like a coin rotating and and just a little swirl of sparks. Oh, that was beautiful. That actually. was magical. Sub Zero came out with that new titanium plate on the back. Was it titanium? Yes. Oh, I didn't catch that. They said it so many times. <laughs> oh, well, look, it's very noisy when we watch the episodes. Um, it did good work. It did really well. It did eventually fall off, but I think that's just because Valkyrie is packing some punches. Valkyrie able to rip off two robots' backplates now. Yeah, and they also ripped off Sub-Zero's front wedges. Yeah, just collecting those things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oof, there was just some major energy transfers. That first contact 
I seriously thought Valkyrie was going to be knocked out of the box. It could have been all over. That would have been a massive upset. Sub-Zero totally stood a chance there. Yeah, and that wasn't even Sub-Zero flipping. That was just Sub-Zero transferring energy from that titanium backplate. So smart to come at them backwards like that. Yeah, it, it was good. They really could have taken the match like this. But Valkyrie is a honed-in robot. We've heard they fought over 10 matches now. And it's it's doing work. You can see the difference, honestly. I would love to just quickly talk about the controller for Sub-Zero. Oh, yeah? What's this? It is tiny and looks like it's one of those tiny little games that you got from a happy meal when you were like six <laughs> it's it definitely is in the running for smallest controller at BattleBots. it even has like the little screen in the middle and i'm like, like is he playing sonic during the match <laughs> yeah dave eaton also has a very tiny one but yeah I tiny think this controllers one might be smaller. <laughs> this one just looks like one of those little happy meal toys and you're like or even the little ones where you have to like push the buttons and it's got the water in it and you feel like move the rings onto the little yeah i know i know the kind you mean they're yeah. very frustrating but very also frustrating. very entertaining exactly uh, maybe it's good to have a tiny simple controller i look at some of these other controllers and if you've ever held one of those big controllers with so many dials and switches and things it's intimidating it's a lot to think about and i'm sure they're very familiar with them but boy it's probably a good idea to keep it simple at times I mean, why not, why not just use, like, a PlayStation controller? Do you reckon you'd be allowed to use one? I, we saw in King of Bots somebody had a Xbox 360 controller. Yeah. For one of their robots, which is pretty cool. I mean, very familiar. I'm not an Xbox person, so I'd absolutely use a PlayStation controller. But, um, yeah, I just wonder, like, would you be allowed to use that? Because like, it's, like, for sure. a company that is... No, I, I think it would be cool. Yeah, okay. I mean, they use it in warfare. Why not use it in combat robotics? Oh, yeah, they do fly, like, drones and stuff with those, don't they? Yeah. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> imagine the imagine using a PlayStation controller and every time you hit, the can, the controller vibrates. Oh, like boy, you've got rumble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not enough teams have added rumble to their radio transmitters. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's shit out. Get some force feedback. The light on the back of it changes for when your robot's on fire or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I personally think that'd be great. It changes if you're in the blue square or the red square. Well, that'd be cute. I Look, these are the little details that I'd put into my robot. <laughs> this match, though, went Valkyrie's way, of course, just absolutely dissecting Sub-Zero. Oh, yeah, sorry. Very distracted by the controller. But, yeah, by the end, they couldn't. Sub-Zero couldn't drive. The, count it out. Honestly, the driving off Valkyrie is phenomenal because it looks like a really hard robot to drive around. Yeah, it does. Because you've got something that's trying to like, I feel like something that's like trying to like levitate this robot underneath them. It's got so much power in it and so many forces. It's yeah. Obviously, like it looks like the driver is just fighting the robot the whole time, but boy, what a good job he's doing. Absolutely. I feel like he's really learned the robot. Yeah. Yeah, he's one with the robot at this yeah. point, and Valkyrie is one to be feared. Yeah, I agree. Also, we should have put the whole Valkyrie team into the best-dressed teams. That's just all I have to say about it. You're, you're very right. Yeah. So now we have the rematch happening, Valkyrie versus Whiplash. Yeah, Valkyrie versus Whiplash rematch. This is going to be... Do you reckon we're just going to see the same thing again, or do you reckon Valkyrie's learned a lesson? No, I, I think they've learned a lesson. I think they're going to be coming back strong. I think that match could have gone either way. 
the first time round, I think Matt's going to be really worried because Valkyrie is devastating, and they know what they know what broke last time. I'm sure they've addressed it. I really feel like Valkyrie has studied that match. We know how much um, Leanne Cushing studies and does her research for every match. She'll definitely be prepared. My question is, will they bring that same weapon or something else? Considering it just came out of this fight, maybe it needs some repairs or is not up to the task. Maybe they'll bring something else. I want to see the Ninja Star. Yeah, the Ninja Star is cool. I want to see the Ninja Star. (laughs) All right. Malice vs. Gigabyte. Oh boy, another amazing match. Oh boy, once again, how wrong was I? Oh, you got this one. Yeah, I had some good picks. I did not. I, yeah, no, I did not pick this one. Also, we found out that Bunny's best friend is in Team Gigabyte. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Yeah, how lovely that they're in combat robotics with each other after being friends since they were like seven or whatever. Too bad when your robots have to fight. Yeah, but... (laughs) Also, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. It is. It certainly is. I think Ma- I saw that Malice has added a little bit of something to the back of their robot to keep it upright. I mean, to keep it from getting stuck upright, like we saw in the Mad Catter match. So that's good. Yeah, that's ha- happy to see that, honestly. It is good to see. <laughs> Malice took some heavy hits in this fight. Yeah, they were just like... Weapon to weapon to weapon to weapon to weapon. Gigabyte just looking perfectly dialed in like we've seen it basically all season. Yeah. Except for that one fight versus Copperhead. Yeah, they were extremely controlled in this this match. They were so... I feel like they were really trying not to send themselves flying around the box. We saw it once at the very end. And honestly, I was surprised we didn't see it more considering how many... How much energy was being exchanged between these two robots? Oh, it's brutal how much energy is in both of these robots. And I was I was going for Gigabyte hard here because they were my pick. Not that I don't love Malice because that, that big red is just a joy to behold. Honestly. Oh, looking at the damage, though, that you showed me. Yeah, that Instagram post that Malice put up of the damage to their weapon is so hectic. We'll leave a link in the show notes to this because you've got to see it. The gashes out of Big Red is they're just brutal. It is so intense. Like the amount of like just giant chunks of metal just gone. I love that they just, you know, weld it up, filler weld all of this and oh, then yeah. grind it back down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good as new. New paint job, it's good to go. We've got a new weapon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, but Gigabyte and this one were just so aggressive. They were constantly on Malice this whole time. Also, at the very beginning, we saw Malice take a hit and just lose two bolts that just yeah. flew up and out of the frame. Some giant bolts came yeah. out of Malice. They would have been like... It didn't even look like they were screwed at all. Yeah, several inches long, like, I don't know, maybe five inch long bolts and... I'm like, are they important? They they look important. <laughs> they seem important, but apparently not. They kept going. Yeah, they just kept going fine. Also, Malice's wheels taking some brutal hits from Gigabyte, but these foam wheels, like, it's you can't see any damage on them afterwards, even though I saw Gigabyte just go completely through them. Yeah, I'm so confused about these wheels. I want to see more footage of these wheels close up. I Malice's wanna... wheels are great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these foam wheels in combat robotics are just... It's phenomenal how much damage they can take and keep going. They just yeah. absorb it 
or they tear little bits off and most of the wheel is fine. But Malice's wheels in particular, I, I would vote them best wheels in the competition. Whoa, best wheels. <laughs> the okay. best wheels in the comp. <laughs> now we're just giving away awards. Yeah, we are. <laughs> what about Huge's wheels? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I've maybe, I've maybe uh, jumped the gun on that yeah, one. Yeah, you may have spoken too soon. <laughs> Forgot about your boys. Second best wheels then. <laughs> what about Shatter's wheels? Third best wheels. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, this was an excellent, excellent match to watch. I'm super excited to see Gigabyte move forward. I'm excited to see Malice back because that has become, as a new robot on the scene, easily one of my favourites. Oh, it's just so cool looking. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Bunny brings to the table next year. You know, year. just like Valkyrie, a bit rough on their first season. Valkyrie this season, incredible. I think Malice next season is going to be really one to be feared. Oh, yeah, we're going to see the growth, I feel. Yeah. They're going to dial some things in. They're going to change some of the design. Definitely a top contender. Yeah, I'm excited to see Big Red return. All right, we're down to... The final and maybe most important match. <laughs> ah, they were all important. But Hydro versus Hypershock here, the number one seed. Number one seed versus, oh, poor little Hypershock. Yes, the number 32. We saw Hypershock take those front wedges off. I love that they even, like, jacked up I know. the robot on the, on the so lifter. So good. Just to, yeah, take those front armor panels off, which was a great... Thing to see. Yeah, I wonder how much difference that would have made to the rest of the match, but... Well, they were driving great, and, you yeah. know, it seemed like Hydra would have missed some flips because those panels weren't there. Yeah. There were some really close calls early on, and Hypershock got some good shots off. Yeah, we heard um, Will say before the match even started, just say to himself, be patient. Oh. He was telling himself to just be patient, and yeah... I feel like that helped him a lot at the very beginning. Yeah, he was he, really on his game. Yeah, they got some really good hits onto Hydra, but then one giant flip lost their weapon. Yeah, once he was upside down, and uh, yeah, he lost his weapon after that flip that got him upside down. That was really unfortunate. I don't know what cut those belts, you know. Is it the shrapnel from his own hits, or did something go wrong in that flip? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they know, but they just haven't told us yet. But boy, yeah, it was Hydra's game from that point on. Just flip after flip after flip. 13 flips. 13 flips. And was it? Or was it? Yeah, that's what Chris said. 13 okay, flips. Okay, yep. 13 flips. And oh boy. I mean, the ro- it's like, he's already dead. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So he got so... Okay. So the match ended by Hypershot getting knocked out by Hydra, like fully over the wall, whatever. He was already knocked out, though, but... Yeah, it's so easy to kick a corpse over a wall. Like, come on. (laughs) He just wanted to get it over the wall. He was so stoked, and I was like, he was already dead, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know that, yes, it's very exciting that you can flip a robot out of the ring, but also, like, he was already dead. (laughs) I mean, you know, you needed 13 flips. He could have done it in less, maybe, Jake. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I was no. surprised at how well Hypershock managed to keep driving, although they kept landing, kept getting flipped over and being able to drive away, but then just towards the end they were like, yeah, he's gonna. <sighs> we both just wanted to believe in the David vs. Goliath story here. Yes, they I definitely so had a shot at it. it. Oh, I wanted it so badly. But, hey, 
Hydra is the number one seed for a reason. Yeah, amazing work. Honestly, good good driving from both teams here. Jake, really precision on some of those flips. Maybe not early on, but towards the back half of the match. Yeah, he, towards the back half, for sure. He honed them in. Would have been a completely different match if Hypershock didn't lose that weapon, I feel. And yeah, Hydra going forward now. It's going to be Hydra versus Gigabyte. Hydra versus Gigabyte. That's going to be interesting. I... You know, I don't know. Maybe Gigabyte can do it. I Honestly, I just need to believe that someone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I see Hydra really taking this is if they go for a box rush and maybe slow down Gigabyte and they have to time this first flip critically. Yeah. If they get... If they lose their flipper, that's it. Yeah, it, it's going to be... It's going to be really hard. I just don't know what's going to happen. The thing is, Gigabyte will not win the ground game. Gigabyte are not low to the ground. They're pretty low. They don't need to be low because their weapons are low is the thing. Yeah, but I feel like... If Hydra can get under them, yeah, it's going to be another story. If they can start getting flips off, it's going to be all over. On the other hand, if Gigabyte can manage to avoid them for a bit and build some energy, that's going to be hard for Hydra. They're not going to want to fire that flipper into that spinner. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, it's so hard. I am going to say Gigabyte. Is going to win? Is going to win. It might be naivety and hope. Here's this heavy bias that we keep talking about coming yeah. through. And it's just... <laughs> it's just it's ingrained. It's just totally against Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's right in the podcast description. <laughs> we're, we're not pulling any stops here. The heavy bias is here. I feel like it's not... Jake Ewert, it's not against you. It's not about the Waiachi team. I think it's just because you've knocked Bronco off their game and now I'm going to be sour until Bronco's back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, it's just because you're so good, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, way to just be great and no. And yeah, I'm going to go for Gigabyte. (laughs) All right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up here. Yep. It's going to be, I mean, the next side of the bracket, there's going to be some great matches there. Yeah. I'm keen um, to see Jackpot. I'm so excited for them. I'm excited for Jackpot as well. I have full faith. I have full faith in this team. Oh, boy. There's that heavy bias again. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't help it. (laughs) I don't know. uh, We knew that this is how it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, we did. Well, tell us who you're most excited for. Yeah, tell us who who you got wrong in this bracket. Yeah, tell us all the mistakes that you made so we don't feel so bad. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, um, you can write to us at botsbotsbotspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so we also talk to people on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is botsbotsbots.podcast. Chuck us a DM there. I love having a chat with people. Tegan loves to chat. Tegan's chatting with everyone. It's a great time. Us, I have a good time. People are very friendly. <laughs> yeah, you were discussing what brooches this week with Team Jackpot. Uh, yeah, so Team Jackpot. Sadly, I don't remember which. I think Shay. Oh, look, I don't know. But um, Team Jackpot, yeah, one of the members has excellent brooch collection. They're very cool. I like that I just get to peep in and be like, ooh, look at them brooches. <laughs> it's great. Excellent UFO brooch. Robot brooches, of course. Yeah, they're And awesome. a kitten brooch, which is so appropriate for this cat that's currently sleeping in this windowsill. Yeah, she'll still sleeping in the windowsill. You've made it the whole episode. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. <laughs> I haven't woken her. 
Um, we yeah. also have a Twitter and a Facebook page, and we also have a donation page now. So if you feel like sponsoring our podcast, which is entirely free and there is no pressure, but we enjoy drinking coffees, we enjoy eating pizza, so you can go there and donate as little amount of money as you want to, um, and that's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash bots, bots, bots. That would be so stellar. I would love that. Yeah, look, no pressure. Yeah, sweet. This has been Bots, Bots, Bots. I'm Tegan Kinder. I'm Spike Tickner. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Yahoo! <laughs> what? <laughs>